If you're struggling with your relationship with food and fitness and you're living in the Western culture, the Western side of the world, you are not alone. Because of Western culture, most of us have lost the true meaning of movement and food. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 20s Detox. I think this is like episode 14 now, which is crazy if we want to count the first week of just like an intro of this podcast. I've been doing this for 15 weeks. Damn, go me. (laughs) I've decided I want to do 20 episodes. Makes sense, right? 20 20s detox, 20 episodes. It's, it's symbolic. I love it. But for the last episode, I was thinking I could do something around the lines of like a Q&A or have you guys send in some submissions for me to give some advice or develop on things that you have questions about of something I might have mentioned in one of the episodes or just like totally off topic or just needing some advice about a current situation. I really like the podcast Girly Popcast with Ali Yost and she does this on every single episode and I think it's so fun. I was thinking that would be a great ending to the season to kind of wrap it up and then I'll probably take a couple months off to just chill enjoy my summer, read more, learn more. I would love, I would love to get into painting again. Um, I already asked my sister if we can do more oil paintings this summer, and I've never done an oil painting before, just acrylic. We really should do more things that used to bring us a lot of joy or try and make some time. I guess I didn't introduce myself. See, I'm still learning. If you guys don't know me, my name is Bianca. And I am in my 20s and I share a lot of things that I am learning and unlearning because I think what's equally important in life is to value the learn, unlearn, relearn cycle. Too many of us just focus on things that we must learn, but we also need to unlearn some things in order to really step into our power. And that's where the whole 20s detox comes in. So sometimes it's just me by myself with some of my other 20-something friends. Um, And then also, which I'm going to do another episode for this season called Retrospective Reflections, where I bring in the older generations to give us some insight and wisdom in order to, you know, make better aligned actions or to help us get through life a little bit better. Because I definitely think there's a lot of negativity around the boomers generation. Our generation is really upset. And like, I get it. It's, we're pissed off. We're pissed off. I mean, there's so much that we need to do to kind of fix what's going on. The climate change is one of them. The economy is a mess. I get it. Like, I get why you're upset and I get why you want to blame other people. And it seems though that every generation needs to fix certain problems. But I mean, when you think about it, every generation needed to improve society. That's kind of the point, I think, being on here. Like, we're constantly evolving and improving things. Like, you can always look in the negative and be like, oh, the last generation was so bad because of this, this, this. Or 
you can look at the improvements in society by generation, and there have been many, many, many improvements. We have a long way to go. Of course we do. I don't think we're ever going to reach perfection. I don't think that's the point of being on this planet, but I do think that you have the choice of viewing the cup half full kind of thing versus, you know, the negatives. Leading in today's topic, I I really just want to get right into this because there's a lot of information and it's based on a blog post that I put a long time ago about building a better relationship with food. And I also want to incorporate building a better relationship with just your body and, and fitness because I definitely think that there are very negative mindsets out there. And I and I really want to get into it because I've been through it, guys. Like I've been through the eating problems. I do want to maybe make a little disclaimer here that if you are going through some eating or poor eating habits or you're clinically diagnosed with an eating disorder or something and just Try and be present right now and know when you think you're getting too triggered and it's okay to click off because you know yourself and you know what you can take. If you guys need to hear one thing today, it's that you are inherently worthy and you're literally perfect just the way you are. But the problem is we're always trying to compare ourselves to other people and we're losing sense in the beauty that you have. And It's so funny when my sister and I caught ourselves doing this the other day. I think my sister is perfect, okay? Her body is insane. Her body's so perfect. Her face is perfect. Everything about her, I'm like, oh my God, Cameo, you are just an angel. And what's funny is she's like, be legit. I feel like my confidence goes up because I know I'm related to you because I think you're perfect. Let's do a Freaky Friday switch. It's a very common thing to really want what you don't have. And sometimes people want what you have. I think the message that I'm going to be talking about here on top of a lot of tips is the fact that you need to start seeing or choosing to see the beauty in you. Like you have to start to see the beauty in life and within you because once you start doing that and you just become grateful, I swear wonders are going to come your way. It really does raise your vibration. And I don't know if I mentioned this in one of the episodes yet, but I do like to bring some science into everything that is maybe too spiritual for a lot of logical thinkers. But there's also a component in your in your brain, I believe it's your brainstem, called the reticular activating system. It's a bundle of nerves that really filter through any sort of stimulation that you may have so that you are not overwhelmed with everything around you. It's like somebody tells you to find a bunch of red cars. Like, okay, look for red cars. Your brain is going to be like, okay, I'm looking for red cars. And then if they ask you, okay, how many brown cars were they? You wouldn't have an answer for it because you were focusing on the red cars. That's like a really simple, abstracted way to view what the reticular activating system does. And it just filters through whatever you see into what you're focusing on. But the thing is, you can condition that to view either positives or negatives. If you start your day saying, oh, this day sucks. Look at the weather outside. It's raining. Or you talk about all the reasons why your partner is not doing the right thing. 
you know, all the reasons why your body isn't perfect, then your brain is basically getting used to those thoughts and those sayings. And it's like, okay, this is what she's focusing on. This is what she identifies with. So we're going to give her all the reasons why. But if you flip that, and that's why gratitude journals are so impactful. If you flip that and you keep telling yourself for all the reasons why the world is amazing, even if you don't in the moment really believe it, you can trick your brain into starting to see more of the good. Because you're like, okay, I'm going to look for the good. I'm going to look for the good red cars. And if somebody is like, okay, pick the brown shitty things that happened in your life, you're going to be like, oh, well, you know what? I wasn't even focusing on that, so I don't know. That's a very cool thing in neuroscience that for any of you very logical scientific thinkers may kind of resonate with as well. So I believe in that, and I also believe in the fact that spiritually it raises your vibration, and because of that, you're going to attract more of the vibration that you're resonating at. So if you are vibrating at a good, happy, positive energy, you will naturally attract more of that energy and more beauty into your life, okay? So why don't we get into some tips today? If you're struggling with your relationship with food and fitness and you're living in the Western culture, the Western side of the world, you are not alone. Because of Western culture, most of us have lost the true meaning of movement and food. When I traveled in Europe and I saw the way that they were living, they view food different there. And you know what? Fitness is very different there. I've working out at six in the morning, that does not happen in Europe, guys. They, they're they still sleeping. However, they get a lot of movement in and they look amazing. Yeah, like so many of us use food to get just a nicer body. Like we don't do it for energy. We use it as a reward or we use it as, as a punishment. Some of us even use it as some sort of coping mechanism. So the first mindset to improve your relationship with food includes paying attention to more of the hunger cues versus how much you're supposed to eat. And that's in like air quotes, how much you're supposed to eat. Getting away from a calorie-focused mindset into a more mindful way of eating. I do want to mention, I know a lot of fitness like fanatics, they love to track their calories and their macros, which, okay, sure, if you want to do that, go right ahead. But I think that I think that if you are becoming obsessive with it and you're really losing sense of the, what food is, I would take a step back and, and not do that anymore. It's just more damaging than good, and it's not going to be sustainable. If you feel guilty about not following the plan perfectly, then you need to take a step back. Because these are warning signs that something is off balance in your mind or your body and you just need to slow down, okay? Like you're not a machine. As much as we want to say we're a machine and we can do this every day, we really can't. In my eyes, mindful eating, okay? I'm going less about when I'm supposed to eat other than breakfast. I do eat breakfast because cortisol levels are at its highest right in the morning and eating a really well-balanced 
breakfast with protein and fats and carbs will allow you to stop that cortisol from continuing to like peak throughout the rest of the day. I just really do believe that breakfast in the morning is important, but whenever that is, it's just for me after I wake up. I am trying to wake up and go to bed at the same time. So that naturally means that my breakfast tends to fall around the same time every day. Oh, and the worst thing to do is just have a coffee on an empty stomach. You are messing up your cortisol levels. This article talks about mindful eating. It's called Mindful Eating, the Art of Presence While You Eat. And a part of it says, mindful eating, i.e. paying attention to our food, on purpose, moment by moment, without judgment, is an approach to food that focuses on individual central awareness of the food and their experience of the food. It has little to do with calories, carbohydrates, fat, or protein. The purpose of mindful eating is not to lose weight, although it is highly likely that those who adopt this style of eating will lose weight. The intention is to help individuals savor the moment and the food and encourage their full presence for eating experience. So I do want to just preference something there because it can get tricky. When you're doing something in the present moment, you're not thinking of all the benefits that this moment could give you. You're just being in the present moment. So when you're eating food and you maybe subconsciously want to lose some weight, I don't want you to be eating that food thinking you're being in the present moment when all you're thinking about is, wow, if I eat presently and I'm focused about how everything's going inside of me, I will lose weight. Like, no, that's that's not what being in the present is. The present is just being there and like appreciating the food. Some people will say a little thank you before they eat. It doesn't need to be um, a type of prayer. It can just be like, wow, I'm so grateful to have this food. Not everybody has this food. And you're eating and you're just taking the time to like know the taste of what the food is like and the texture and everything. You know, in that scene in Ratatouille, I remember this like clear as day and it stuck my brain. It will be for the rest of my life. You know, when Remy is explaining the amazingness of how cheese, the taste of cheese and the taste of grapes and just the way that he explains what it is and even the combination and how much he was just going into a euphoric state. I remember my sister and I practiced mindful eating after that movie when we watched it as kids and we just sat down and we were like eating a grape and we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really seeing what he's seeing right now. I'm like closing my eyes as I'm talking about it. I definitely just think that it's a great valuable lesson to learn whenever you eat is to just be mindful of, of what is going inside of you. And when my friend and I were in Europe, we did that a lot because the food, first of all, was incredible. But then you look, nobody is on their phone in Europe. Nobody is. They're just looking at their food. Sometimes they're not even talking. They're just like, oh my God, this tastes amazing. It's definitely a more present experience. But then in the Western side of the world, when I see people eating their food, they're just like shoving the food down, looking on their phone, scrolling on social media. and. I'm sorry, but you don't have the mental capacity to be fully present in this moment when you're getting bombarded with like new information every couple seconds when you scroll over on TikTok or Instagram, you know? So that's tip number one is just to be mindful of 
the food. And okay, say maybe you're not so sensitive or you haven't had poor eating habits before and you really want to gain more muscle, so you need to start tracking the amount of protein that you're intaking. Okay, sure, you can do that, right? But I think that maybe if you clicked on this episode today, you are not that person and you have gone through the struggles like I've gone through and so many others that I've spoken to. And I definitely think that focusing on the calories is not going to do that good. And, and you know what? Just really honoring your hunger cues, it will make sure you're more connected to your body as well and to knowing like when you're hungry. So the next thing that I'm going to be focusing on is getting away from a restrictive diet and into all-in moderation diet. This mindset shift is all about allowing yourself to eat whatever you want in moderation versus restricting what you can and can't have. That was one of my biggest issues when I was going through it with poor eating habits. I would say, I can't eat this now. I can't have these carbs. I need to have this amount of fat, this much protein. It was so awful. Like I'm remembering how much I was punishing myself for having a slice of cake. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that that is not me anymore. Hallelujah. If you have allergy restrictions, that's different. But also people can just have preferences based on how you want to live. You know, like if you're vegetarian or you eat more paleo or vegan, pescatarian, raw vegan, that is okay because you're being intentional and it's not coming from a lack mindset. It's more coming from an abundant mindset of this is your choice and it's more for health reasons. But, you know, whatever that is, I definitely think that you need to just let go of the restrictiveness of whatever you've put yourself into. Okay. If you're somebody that can eat everything, okay, great. Just don't penalize yourself if you're going to have this cake one day. When you're being more mindful, you're also being more mindful of the cravings that you have. Like when when I started making that switch, I realized, you know what? I don't need a dessert tonight. I used to have a dessert like every night because I was like, I need to do this so that I have a good relationship with food. And it's like, okay, sure, like to not restrict sugar, but also paired with mindful eating. I also, I'm not forcing myself and I'm just like listening to what my body needs. Sometimes, my friend and I were saying this when we were in Europe, we were like craving salad, as silly as that sounds, but it's because when you're in Europe, you're just having a lot of carbs, a lot of pasta. You know, like we needed some greens, some micronutrients, and um, it's definitely a better way to go. It's so much easier and a nicer way of living than just saying like, oh, I should be eating this today. There's also some people that just eat like the same meals every day. My boyfriend would tell me because he did like a nutrition class in university that it's so, so important to incorporate moderation in everything. I used to have oatmeal every single morning and it didn't come from an eating issue, like an poor eating habit issue. It was just because it was something that I was used to and it was quick and it was easy to make. But he said like, you should have like a handful of different staples within every meal group. 
penalizing yourself with food is extremely damaging. You know, we, we tend to forget that food is a basic need. If you look on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it is at the bottom. It's straight up at the bottom. So to use that as a punishment and reward scenario is basically the worst thing to do. You should not do that. That's that's the fundamentals of living. So a slice of cake won't kill you. All right, I promise. Next one, getting outside of aesthetics and into body neutrality. So this mindset shift is all about focusing on how the body feels and functions versus how it looks. So eating for aesthetics or working out for aesthetics can make you become hyper aware of what your body looks like before and after. And overanalyzing about a lot of things in your body, like you're bloating or how much muscle you're gaining or how much fat you're losing, all of which can really develop into a shame-based relationship with whatever activity it is, whether it's eating or working out. Now, your girl loves to work out. Like, I love to work out. Did a lot of sports as a kid. My main sport was actually karate. And then in university, I got really into weight training. But the issue was during a couple of those years when I got into weight training, I became really fixated on the way my body was looking. I wanted a bigger bum. I wanted bigger legs. I wanted a smaller waist. I just wanted to change the shape of my body. And I started following so many influencers that were doing the same. I really, really had an emphasis on the aesthetics, the aesthetics of my body. I didn't look at body neutrality in the way that my body functions and the energy levels and what it really needed in that moment and the movement that was more natural and had the ebbs and flows in European culture, which is healthier, by the way. I mentioned it in one of the episodes of cycle syncing. Cycle syncing is a really, really good tool to just basically hack your hormones because the female hormone cycle is about 28 to 35 days depending on your menstrual cycle, right? A man's cycle is 24 hours. So their energy levels are very consistent every day. A woman's not so much. When you're in your menstrual phase, your energies are at an all-time low. Like there's actually no hormones really there. there. There's very residual hormones, but it's not high at all. So it should be a time of rest. So the things that I prioritize during that time is yoga, some walking, some stretching, and then for the follicular phase that comes right after, and it's paired with ovulation. Whenever ovulation occurs, estrogen and actually right around ovulation specifically testosterone peaks and testosterone really helps with muscle building estrogen however gives you a lot of energy for cardio and hit workouts and and a lot of sports so during that time my focus is more on like weight training, some cardio, some HIIT workouts, some running, some sports, like basically do whatever you want and you you have a lot of energy now. 
And what's next is progesterone. Like I always notice I'm really sleepy around that time. But the thing is you still have a good amount of hormones pumped throughout throughout your body that it's good to get some movement in during that time. What what I do is I do a lot of low impact workouts. So I'll still do some weight training, but not as much cardio. I'll do some Pilates. Guys too, like Okay, yeah, so your hormonal cycle is every 24 hours, but it's not just women's hormonal systems that are that are really getting affected. A lot of guys' hormonal cycles can get affected too. So to just honor your energy levels when some days you're like really high energy, like a good strength training workout would be great for you. And then other times if you're pretty low energy, a walk or a hike would be perfect for you. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to be talking about is getting outside of using fitness and food as a coping mechanism and looking it into more of fuel for your body. Just focus on food right now. Sometimes people resort to food when trying to suppress certain emotions like anxiety or sadness. And then others may have the same habit for the purpose of receiving more emotions like more dopamine from chocolate or sweets or carbs that they don't receive enough in their day-to-day life. It was interesting. I learned about a dopamine detox the other day because today's society, we have so much instant gratification dopamine levels, we're actually burning out. And if you have ADHD, sometimes it's harder to bounce back from it with the immense dopamine that you're getting and then crashing with. It's good to have a dopamine detox, like a day where you're, or maybe like this girl does it once a week, which I freaking wish I could do this. I'm going to like lead up to it where you're not on social media at all. You're not doing actually anything to add to dopamine, like no movies, no shows, no substances, nothing. And just really focusing on a slower dopamine detox. It's probably difficult because dopamine makes it happy. Well, it's pleasure, right? But during a dopamine detox, you may be less hesitant to want to receive more dopamine through food. I I do want to give a couple questions at the end for you guys that do maybe struggle with this to figure out what your situation is because so many of us do it sometimes. You know, like you have a glass of wine to de-stress. My mom will say, but that's healthy. And it's like, okay, mom, but I don't think it is. <laughs> I think mainly what all these mindset shifts are doing and it's kind of embodied in the last message is to view food and movement as its basic needs and service like you need movement to survive to get the lymphatic system flowing you also need food to survive for energy it's not so much about what you look like if you feel like you're stuck in the trap of emotional eating, meaning like you're eating because you're upset or you're anxious or you're eating because you want more of a good sensation. I want to ask these questions to you. So like we're going to another little journal session together. So one, what am I feeling? What feeling am I trying to repress or receive when drinking and eating? What is it that you want more of? or you want less of. Two, 
what triggered this initial feeling of discomfort? What happened in your day to feel like you need more happiness? What happened in your day that made you stressed out? What happened in your day that made you sad? And when you start developing and peeling back the layers and figuring out what has happened to you, you can learn to let go and have those things really not affect you as much and just be more grounded. Maybe that's just alone in your journal. Maybe it's also with the help of a psychologist, you know, like a therapist. That can allow you to maybe get to the root of the issue. Third one is... How can I replace this bad habit with a healthier one whenever I'm faced with the same trigger? So once you've found the trigger, I do definitely think that you need to dive into more of what that trigger entails, whether it's in your journals, through shadow work journaling, or with a therapist. But I think in the meantime, as a little baby step, a little stepping stone to a a better lifestyle is to replace that with something else. So I don't know, say that you are really, really stressed out. I think one thing that I do is getting that energy out by going for a walk. I love walks. Listening to your favorite songs at the moment and going for a nice walk. If it's sadness, if sadness is the main issue and you're leaning towards food and it's it's a difficult situation, I definitely think journaling about it allows you to put some of the feeling on a piece of paper. I, I journal a lot. There was a period of time when I was really, really going through it, like probably at my worst. And I journaled twice a day to process that emotion, to I couldn't talk about it. If you are struggling with communicating about your sadness, journaling is an amazing tool for allowing you to at least not carry that with you the whole time. But I do think that it is so important to still get to the root of why you need to cope. Because to cope means you are put, you're in survival mode. You need to cope with this situation. You need to defend yourself in a situation. Why are you doing this? You, you can let this go. But the more that we suppress it, the harder it is going to be to like find it deep inside our subconscious. So that's why I think shadow work journaling and a therapist is incredible to help you let go of those things. But if you are needing more of an emotion, needing more dopamine, needing more happiness, serotonin, sunshine, sunshine is great, gives you serotonin, specifically the dopamine one. If you're feeling like you're constantly needing some sort of sensations and you're too unhappy and things are kind of boring, you need a dopamine detox. Maybe every two weeks, if once a week isn't possible, get off social media. No social media. No TV. That's another one. No substances. Ways to receive serotonin. Laughing. Making sure you have enough sleep. And meditation. Um, And just movement, like I said, like getting on a walk, that can also boost some serotonin and of course sunlight, but it's just learning to replace certain habits that are reaching obsessive unhealthy levels into more of a a well-balanced lifestyle. Anyway, so that was jam-packed with so many tips There is a blog post about food all on this so that you are able to look at that 
and reference that for any of you guys. I do want to say like I'm kind of I feel bad that I haven't been able to keep up with the show notes. I'm going to work on that in the summertime and put those up. And I definitely think that um, next season, if I'm able to plan more in advance, that I'll have things being posted at better times for all of you. But I'm still learning. Got to give myself some grace in that. And I'm sure that you guys are okay with it. So, yeah. But okay. Anyway, I hope that you have an amazing week amazing Monday and I wish you all the best. I hope that there's sunlight there. Get some fresh air. Get some serotonin. Add some good habits into your week. At least choose one. What's one habit you want to start working on? And also don't forget to drink some water. Okay, so love you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Bye!